hamster with a blunt penknife would do it quicker. Welcome back to Hamster with a Blunt Penknife. We're here for part two of Death to the Daleks. So really enjoyed part one. Really just a fantastic, atmospheric, brilliant episode. And uh, great talking about it with you, Joe. Mark, anyone would think you had a podcast on your own, you know, and you're used to introing these four <laughs> things. <laughs> um, do you know what? I want to quickly before we go in, right? I want to talk about because we both host a podcast, don't we? Mm -hmm. And our very different styles. <laughs> <laughs> so how would you describe my style? And then I'll describe yours. Well, I, I think your style is brilliant because you don't edit these. So what goes out is brilliant and you, you keep the chat going. You've always got loads of questions. Whereas mine, I only sound halfway decent on mine because I edit them before they go out. So I think... Uh, Doing them as you do them is, is incredibly impressive. But I think you... Oh, God, now we're being very self-congratulatory. I started, <laughs> didn't I? Um, I, I think you facilitate in a way, in a very unassuming way as well. And I think I can be quite forceful with my opinion a lot of the time. Uh, whereas you make people very comfortable, at, which uh, makes them... It, it brings the best out of them, you know, and allows them to be very honest. And so that's a skill, you know. Not one that's I've not. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very kind. I'll just tell my guests they're talking absolute rubbish. <laughs> Except you. Do you know what? You were so compelling that if, when we did Deep Breath and Peter Capaldi, I was like, oh, do you know what? I think I've misjudged this whole era at the end of that episode. <laughs> I think, I think you, have, you know what's really nice? Um, just as a slight digression, our mutual friend Jason Miller is doing his Doctor Who pilgrimage at the moment. Mm. and he's he's into uh, i think series six so the moffat era and he's really reappraising it and he said the other day maybe i actually prefer moffat to to russell t davis so uh i mean i've always said that that jason miller's bonkers but now yeah, i'm nice no, he's, he's started to see the light so but it's, it's really nice because I, I love that era and uh yeah so seeing somebody sort of reappraise it and then screwing it through their eyes is, is really really nice now, look, I was going to try and prove you wrong with this one, all right? I'm not bring up the Stephen Moffat era, but you've done it now. <laughs> you've gone and done it, all right? Yeah, can you believe this, right? He, um, <clears throat> we did a Linda Barron, uh, like, talking about her career, and he went off and left me with a microphone in charge of it. Well, I'm sorry. What an idiot. <laughs> Got very kinky very quickly. <laughs> um, I've got one more question for you before we dive in, and that is... Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you can think of that's more cool than a Dalek with a machine gun? Only, only a Dalek bursting into flames and uh, the, the fantastic visual of a Dalek just standing there burning, uh, which has obviously inspired the, the Target oh. book cover as well, oh which is, is, for me, the iconic Target book cover. Uh, just putting this out there, although this will come out afterwards. My birthday's next week, right? So if anyone wants to get me a print of that, Oh, no, don't joke. <laughs> it's um, man, there's there is some great Dalek um, like iconography in this, isn't it? The bit mm -hmm. where those two Exelons come along and they just machine gun them both to death. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm. Yeah, terrific. And it just shows you that they're smart as well. well I don't think the Daleks are, are smart very often after this because they're basically Davros's whipping boys, aren't they? Yeah. This is the last time, isn't it? This is the mm. 
the last non-Davros Dalek story. Until Dalek in yeah. uh, Rusty Dates' time. Yeah. Should we go in and watch the Daleks being smart? Let's watch it. And early on, there is um, an influence that Rob Shearman quotes, actually, in this story for his Dalek story. So we'll watch out for that. Can't wait. Okay, well, I'll count this in then. In five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Do you know what? Brickbox really irritates me. Season 11, episode 12. <laughs> Did you see those Blu-rays out in America when they say Tom Baker, series yeah. 5? Yeah, that would that would totally throw me. Um, there's, there's no way I'd be able to work it out like that. I only know them by the, the season numbers. Yeah. But would you would you refuse to buy the Blu-rays on that point? No. 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 <laughs> I'd still buy them. Okay. So, comedy music for Daleks. Discuss. Yeah, again, it's it's so deeply ingrained in me that I don't think of it as comedy music. Um, but yeah, so this bit here, when the Daleks realise that they their guns aren't working and um, the Doctor I think it's it maybe a little bit further on, sorry, I think I've <laughs> just spoke too soon. Uh, they, anyway, they back away slightly. Yeah, so they back away slightly from the Doctor Who as he walks towards them. And Rob Shearman in Running Through Corridors says this was uh, an inspiration in Dalek when, um, the, when the Daleks sort are of backs away from the Doctor a little bit when he's shouting at it when he, when he can't shoot him as well. So, uh, yeah, that's a nice little thing that, uh, that's carried over into the new series. They're genuinely treated like characters, though, here, aren't they? They're not yeah. just like robotic henchmen. They are a little bit scared. They're mischievous and they're plotting behind their backs. I mean, admittedly, they're plotting very loudly in a minute. They just yeah. go, <laughs> they go a meter to the left and go, yeah. yeah. And the real reason we need the premium must stay. <laughs> right, keep your voice down, darling, number two. <laughs> I do. This idea, it's not really played out properly is it though that humans and daleks having to work together and, and not trust each other it, it's a shame a little bit more wasn't made of that i think because it is such a such a great idea a terry nation uh, script that throws up novel ideas but does nothing with yeah. it that's unusual <laughs> isn't it <laughs> it's another it's another one for the bingo card isn't it <laughs> and you've got the we, we saw the dalek there there's there's only three dalek operators and four daleks uh, you story. can tell that, Mark. I'm telling you. <laughs> we just saw the one that was just in the background there. So this was the um, the one that they used to use for promotional stuff that would go <laughs> that would go out that uh, that would just stand there. So um, do you know they, what? Uh, yeah. In the commentary, Cy Town, who do you know what is literally the most eccentric person outside of <laughs> Peter Miles, who is obviously naturally the most eccentric man ever um he's going to michael e. Bryan. well couldn't you've just got a stick and wiggled it a bit like yeah. <laughs> michael e. Bryan's like this was 30 years ago you know yeah. <laughs> again i don't know i i as a kid would never ever have noticed that in a million years i, I didn't notice it until the commentary yeah so, I think it becomes obvious because the others are so animated. So when you spot it, like, yeah, it's what like, I yeah. love about the Daleks is they're all when they're all very twitchy and very moving. All the sticks and the eye stalk and everything, you know, if it genuinely feels like there's like a creature inside that's a bit panicked. Yeah, 
yeah that's uh that's like you get in the modern series isn't it uh that's you know angry all the time and, and full of hate and stuff and it's yeah it's so pent up yeah yeah so what once you realize the other three there are all uh <laughs> they're all <laughs> kind of, uh, but, it's, like, yeah. it's like i don't want to participate in this conversation all right yeah. <laughs> you people plotting this loud you're embarrassing me <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm not with them. Yeah. <laughs> he turned around, right? <laughs> Literally less than half a meter and went, all right, a truce between you and us. Yeah. <laughs> he could hear you, you know. <laughs> that feels like something that's very 60s rather than very 70s. Yeah, um, it's very shame they didn't do that bit on location where they could have mm. they could have moved a bit further or shown them. You didn't have to show them move because then you can see the tracks as well, which is another thing. Didn't notice when I was a kid, but now <laughs> whenever I watch it. Um, there's quite a few times when the when the little tracks are on location are visible, aren't they? Yeah, I've never noticed them. They talk about that in the commentary. Can you point them out to me, please? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Can't possibly spoil my enjoyment of this because I love it too much. No. Um, yeah. Oh no, something terrible happened to Commander Railton. Mm. There was mashed potato and peas all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Okay, I'm going to sound ridiculous, but oh, Pertwee just looks like a hero, doesn't he? Like, he just... Yeah. I was absolutely convinced, aged young nipper, uh, that, you know, you couldn't find anyone more heroic than John Pertwee. I really like this costume as well. Uh, but again, it's probably because it's the one that I immediately think of because I, I saw this so much. Do you remember what your second Pertwee was? I don't, actually. No. I think it, it may have been Day of the Daleks because that was another really early VHS. Oh, I have that one as well. I think I had the Time I, Warrior quite early too. Yeah, I think I was probably drawn to the uh, the Dalek ones. Yeah, this this uh, John John Abenary's death there. Yeah, with an arrow in the back. Yeah, Robert Holmes really? is there looking at Teradation scripts, going right. Come on, let's scare the little buggers. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Although in a minute when. <laughs> When these arrows come shooting down, they're right next to John Pertwee's face. I mean, I'm not sure as an actor they would they would do this now. No, and this is uh, when they talk about this on the making of documentary that the armorer was doing it, who was like an expert archer. He wasn't doing it from that close. He was doing it from 15 feet away as well. So uh, it's uh, it would. Um, I think if you're an actor, you would sort of have half an eye on where the landing, wouldn't you? Did you ever hear that story that Elizabeth Sladen told in her autobiography where she went, this, this guy here, he's like the best special effects man in the business. You're perfectly safe with him. And he only had one eye. <laughs> She's like, are you joking? I was like, no, you made one mistake and he'll never do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this stuff is great, isn't it? In the quarry. It's, it's, it really, really sells that they're absolutely surrounded on all sides as well, doesn't it? By, by the excellence that there's loads of them. Do you know what though? When Russell T. Davis says about planet Zog and grunting primitives, this is exactly what he's talking about, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really buy into the idea that you've always got to have a human identification character. I think that's been said so many times that people believe it, but um, Are you I don't know how me? it accounts for. How does yeah. it account for the success of Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and everything else if you always have to have? this person from contemporary earth in order to enjoy something and we didn't stick to it too long did he? he took us to the bloody half planet in series four and that was tedious as hell 
yeah, yeah. well, yeah, yeah. There's the but they're, they're humans, aren't they? Though the um, the uh, the people that are at war with the with the hat. Well, or I, human clothes, I suppose. When I first got this, like the idea that this box could take me off to alien, plant spooky places out into the universe, it was so enticing. And I don't think it would have been if this hadn't have convinced me. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad Time Lash didn't come out first, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that shot there of the Dalek mm. on fire. I don't think we've, we've, we'd ever seen anything. We've never seen anything like that in any other Dalek story, do we? You well, get the ones where they blow up and, and they've got the green and the, uh, the foam and things like that. That's quite violent, because, you know, that Dalek mutant is being broiled inside there. Yeah, yeah. When you think about it. <laughs> it must stink, yeah. And I do like those, um, the POV shots of the Daleks. They're using that sort of mirror effect around the thing. So it's very different from the Exelon POV shot as well. So yeah, really, I didn't do that really, media course for nothing, did I? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really get the feeling that there are loads of Exelons in this scene. It's, it's, it's really well directed. Absolutely. Looking suitably perturbed. Mm. We haven't got there yet, but the scene in a bit where Galloway is talking to the command. It, yeah. It's unexpectedly substantial for a Terranation script. I'm not at all convinced that he added that bit in, you know. Yeah, it feels like uh, maybe Robert Holmes either wrote it or made more of it. Because there's a through yeah. line with Galloway, isn't there? Like, of him kind of taking charge, collaborating, and then redeeming himself. Yeah, but it's is he, is he just being pragmatic, though? That's the thing. He's, you know, with the, uh, you know, with the, it's the Doctor who suggests the alliance with the Daleks. So is he really collaborating by, by going along with that suggestion? Well, I mean, and then they've got machine guns, so he's going to be killed if he doesn't collapse. Yeah. It's not like there's a great deal of choice. That scene there, that's really rather horrible. They're holding her head and forcing her to inhale that incense. Like, it's... I don't want to say it's problematic, but it's... Yeah, they, they talk about that in the complete history, that that was a, a rewrite that somebody, somebody made them do. I can't remember what was going to happen originally, but that was seen as a toned-down <laughs> version. I don't know whether they forced it to drink a potion, maybe. Um, and, and for some reason, they didn't like that. And they came back and said, oh, you know, just, uh, just make it the fumes. I mean, given the things that happened to Sarah Jane in the next three years, it's pretty tame, actually, but it's still pretty nasty. Yeah. I this set as well, where they've got, like, all the this, this smoke pumping out everywhere, and... Yeah. Well, and Brian just had a way of creating but... an evocative atmosphere, didn't he? Yeah. I love that as well, the Doctor sort of rushing in to try and save her, and... Uh being overpowered you know it's like no thought for his own safety sort of thing he just sort of piles in hero yeah and did you see the <laughs> the kind of the 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 blur out on him and then the blur in on sarah and we've had a couple of scenes of interesting transitions like that as well mm. yeah he didn't he didn't get much chance for some venusian aikido there did he just uh he just and she worry he's got an entire episode coming up in Planet of the Spiders where he can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not driving. 
he's uh, he's doing like you know. Yeah. Oh, it's so hilarious that the Daleks are in prison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So initially, they try and make a deal with the Exxons, like, we're going to improve your mining workings. Yeah. But then when they get their weapons, they're like, no, we're just going to kill you, do what we say. Yeah, well, they, 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 they cut the deal where they're going to kill the, uh, basically, like, the atheists, aren't they? They're the people that don't worship the city and, and want to be naked. <laughs> um <laughs> The Bilal and his friend. <laughs> oh, wait till we get to Bilal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, was, that was a good moment there as well, where Galloway said, you know, we're going we're gonna to hand them over. We're going to let them kill mm. them. But you, you don't, like, do you remember Fusion in Scenes of Death? Every now and again, you get a character with some, like, shades of grey. Yeah. Where they're kind of on the good side, but they don't behave particularly well. Like yeah, Doctor Who, a lot of the characterization is very black and white, isn't it? Yeah, it's more interesting when, like you say, when it's uh, when it's a bit like that. I suppose like Lytton as well. It wasn't particularly sort of deftly done, but that you know was was able to redeem himself in um, in his second appearance. Attack of the Side. Appallingly in Resurrection of Daleks. I just don't. I'm not convinced at all. That, I think, yeah. I think <laughs> Eric Award wanted to redeem him, but I'm like, um, yeah. <laughs> Although he does say, famously, Eric's award that he thinks Resurrection of the Daleks is the single worst script ever written for Doctor Who. Yeah. Not bad, but it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's a weird one. Did you read the novelization of it? Do you know what? After the reviews came out, I didn't dare. <laughs> Was it terrible? Um, I mean, it's the ending is the weirdest thing. I don't want to give any spoilers out on here, but um, if... Um, if Chibnall has uh, picked up on the ending of that book for Tegan in the centenary, uh, it will be fascinating. Oh, now I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you after that. I don't want to okay. <laughs> So there we, we've got, we just had the, uh, the Daleks testing their machine guns on tiny little TARDIS models as well, which is, which is great. I love that they put that in with no explanation whatsoever. Fans so have been just, talking about that for years. They? <laughs> yeah. Just, target destroyed and we yeah, they use little tardises well the thing is is they've got no power so they haven't had time it's not as if it's been like oh right the doctor's here let's vacuum form some tardises and get some aggression out no yeah they must have had them in their stores already <laughs> they, yeah yeah they haven't 3d printed them specially have they they yeah they do they have them yeah they've got it's, uh, <laughs> it's like they were using them for for teaching young daleks or something like that isn't it like if you see this <laughs> <laughs> or every time he foils their plans because they know it's going to break out those tardises. I need to get some aggression out. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear! But the machine guns themselves look great as well. It's good that they they've actually changed the gun and all the rest of it. And you know what's particularly good is they've done that inferno sound effect of like <laughs> over the top ricocheting effects. Yeah. Oh, it's great. <laughs> character options have done done this Dalek as well with the machine gun haven't they I was confused though because then when I watched further Dalek stories I couldn't understand why they didn't have machine guns yeah. <laughs> you know they're boring death rates instead oh this bit where he says I'm sorry sir yeah. I can't hear you and he's got blood on his bandage as well it is a grisly this story yeah 
he's had a terrible time. This guy hasn't he's just been injured from <laughs> from the beginning. Listen to uh, John Abneri. Look, we, it's not too taxing, all right? Come in. You can lie down yeah. most of the time. A few lines. You'll get two two episodes pay. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a shame that some of the other Earth characters aren't as interesting. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's a great scene. Even the way he closes his eyes and talks to the dead body, it's... And we can't hear it, obviously, but in the background of that, you've got all the chanting going on. And... Yeah, it's great. It's like Gladiator, isn't it? When um, uh, the uh, was it Marcus Aurelius, when he says uh, to, his, to his son, he says, you're, you know, you're not going to be the emperor. Um, Maximus is. Um, but then he just totally goes against his wishes and doesn't tell anybody. This is probably the inspiration for Gladiator. I mean, I feel as if they have comparable budgets as well. I come to think of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. They just they escape, but they just jump down a ledge, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Down the tunnels. But then I think you've got some really great design work as well. What on earth is going on there? That man sliding down the bars. <laughs> Yeah, there's um, it's it's got a pretty high body count once the once the Daleks get their machine guns, isn't it? It's something I've noticed, you know, doing these commentary podcasts. You know, is Doctor Who fans are a bloodthirsty bunch. The higher the body count, the happier they are. Yeah, I always think that about Doctor Who fans who want companions to die. Like, I think the whole idea is that um, you're supposed to like them and want the Doctor to save them, and then when like you know Clara doesn't die, people are really disappointed. You we think, love like, a good like, death. We well, love a good <laughs> death. I Wait, don't. I want them to. I want them to uh, to survive and be happy. Who are the companions or the guest characters or all of them? The companions, but you know the, the people who want companions to die. That's the. Um, that's what I don't really understand. I, I... Are we going here? Are you, do you really want to go here? <laughs> it's it's the fact that he suggests that they're going to die, and we have all of the drama of it, and then he rewrites it. It's very annoying. But I think you're supposed to be relieved that this person you followed for, for years um, hasn't hasn't died in the end. I've just said it two or three times. I'm not convinced anyone's in any danger <laughs> anymore. You know, I'm like, well, don't worry. She's might have been had a hole blown in her and turned into a side man, but she's gonna go <laughs> off with the water lesbian at the end, so she'll be all right. <laughs> Sorry. That was the worst write-up of World Enough of Time and the Doctor Falls off. <laughs> She went off with the water lesbian. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, the roots coming along in a minute. Yes. Scared the uh, life out of me when I was a kid. Yeah, I really like it. The way it's built up in that tunnel as well, where you just hear the noise of it, um, it's it, it's really, really good. And the doctor gets that great line when he says it's a wind effect. <laughs> and Sarah says, who are you trying to kid? And he says, well, myself mainly. <laughs> myself line. chiefly, yeah. Robert Holmes, I'll tell you what, he's doctoring the dialogue as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he wants yeah, you can't wait to get rid of her again. again. No. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have done that to Joe Grant, you know. No. He, he just, um, in this story, he just tries to ditch her at every opportunity. <laughs> and then there's that scene later, isn't it? What we talked about earlier. Yeah. Where he looks like he's going to snog her. Honestly. <laughs> I just heard your subterranean wind effect gnashing its teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but people rat on that Hoover attachment flying through the air. But 
I think what makes it work is the sound effect, that screaming sound effect. I think when you see it in the in the pool outside, although you can see the piano wire, I think the scale of it, the fact that it's it's sort of on different levels because you've got the Dalek up on the ledge. I I think that's uh, I think it looks terrific that, and I think they, Michael Bryan says that you know he planned to try and. Uh, get rid of the uh, get the cable in post production, and then realize that they, they didn't actually have the technology to do that. <laughs> it would be the easiest thing in the world for them to do now, wouldn't it? To be yeah. able to just sort of paint that out. Uh, but it's, um, it's so unlike anything else you've seen in Doctor Who, and it's uh, yeah, say just I feel like the scale of it sells it. And when when it sets the Exelon on fire in the water, yeah, it's horrific. Yeah, but as a child, I was. I was absolutely appalled. As an adult watching this the other day, I'm like, you're in fucking water. Why yeah. don't you just fall over? <laughs> and it takes him about 10 seconds. He's going, Aah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry about the F-bomb. I can't help it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> From his point of view, I don't know, it's his God though, isn't it? Maybe he feels that it's oh, divine yeah. retribution or something for... Uh, for working with the Daleks venerate you I'll go out in a blaze of glory yeah <laughs> <laughs> but okay can you explain to me what on earth the root is that I don't understand what it is it's a defense mechanism I think I think that's the, the point <gasps> I, of it is I thought it was like like you know like roots of a tree I figured that that's what they were talking about like because it's yeah I thought it, I thought it was like that up. but I I thought they were there to defend you know because they're in the tunnel everyone's trying to get to the city underground or getting too close to it then um the roots are there to sort of pick them off that was what, the, what i've well that's more convincing that's more convincing yeah <laughs> otherwise yeah if it was just like roots that were like you know like um securing it or whatever um mm. or bringing it life and bringing it energy from the ground why is it going around attacking people you know yeah, you know yeah i thought it was uh, the light in here again is really good and i love the candle light as well mm. in fact every time like reboss like um curse of peladon when they do like candle lit scenes it's it's a very cheap way of creating an atmosphere it is isn't it is there in in um don't they have, is it torchlight as well in revenge of the cybermen Mm. and the the cybermen reflected in it i always think look amazing it's on film they're in the caves in wookie hall or whatever it is there's the there's the torches i think i think those cybermen look at their best uh, in that environment it's a bit annoying though because it's the only point in that where they do look really good yeah he has that great line about taking them from behind but let's not go there <laughs> sorry i'm sorry <laughs> Oh, it'll fit. Oh, the music here is like. So this, yeah, this is his ditch. So Jane again, gone down the tunnel, and she's being stalked by an alien. You see an alien hand at this stage, and you've got like water dripping sound effects, and it's really great. And and there's like a sudden jump cut to Balau, isn't it? Like coming out of the wall. <laughs> So you don't yeah. really have a lot of time to process what he is. Yeah. And and Elizabeth Sladen's acting is is brilliant, which the bit we're just going to get to when she's talking to him. She's obviously terrified of him, but trying to to hide it, but not quite hiding it, and then gradually becoming accustomed to him and realise she can trust him. 
she I think she's terrific in those scenes. Yeah, I I, lo- I really really love it when she does um, like convince. Well, she always does convincing fear, but when she's given dialogue to say at the same time as well, I just my mum used to always mock it. You know, she used to, yeah. she really didn't like Sarah Jane, and she used to mock her all the time. <clears throat> the, the 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 more I watch Elizabeth Sladen, the more I think she is like thinking about the scene that she's in mm-hmm. and delivering. Oh, I'm sorry, I turned away from the screen. How did that end? So it ends with the the root menacing the doctor. So it's that, that's sort of multiple cliffhanger, which you get in the modern series, don't you, with the two mm. parts, but not as much in the old series. So Sarah Jane's just been confronted with Bilal. The doctor immediately then is confronted by the root. So, you know yeah, it's the way that the, the new series ends where every every character is threatened by something. But yeah, not as common. I can see why people came back, you know, week after week. watching mm-hmm. these episodes. Yeah. And in fact, this this scores very well, doesn't it? I think it is it the highest is eleven million and the lowest is nine point five million. Right. Well, this is Pertwee's last season. I don't know if you recall, but in Trout's last season, we hit as low as three point five million in the war. Yeah, games. it was uh, very much like Last Chance Saloon, wasn't it? They when they when they commissioned um, the first series with with Pertwee, it was like we haven't got anything else to put out, so we'll give it another chance and. It was reinvigorated. Boy, did that. Well, who? Okay, here's a here's another question to out on. I'll, I'll question you in and out of each episode. Um, so, who was responsible for that success? Then, I think they all were. I think it was Let's Sticks and Pertwee. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, and, and the, the, the three companions, I'd say as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah. I spoke about yeah because the, the three the three that stayed for the whole. Uh, for the whole term, uh, obviously, Pert, Wheelets and, and Dix. But yeah, the companions were, were all terrific as well. Uh, so and and uh, and the unit, uh, the unit family as well, of course. And do, do you know what I find interesting about season eleven is a lot of people say, "Well, Let's and Dix took their eye off the ball because they were writing Moonbase Free, which we know they were doing concurrently with this." But when you step back from that and you look at Invasion of the Dinosaurs, which turns Mark Yates into a traitor. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at the Time Warrior, which has that brilliant notion of Sarah Jane thinking the Doctor's the villain. You look yeah. at, I don't know, Planet of the Daleks, which uh, does really interesting things with the Doctor's character, especially towards the end of the story. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot going on in this season that a lot of people just don't want to see. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Um, and uh, yeah, even just, you know, doing new things in terms like a Pertwee historical. It's the only one, isn't it? The Time Warrior. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they, you know, they're kind of breaking new ground anyway, uh, you know, still at that stage. It's a pity there wasn't more, I think, with the uh, we in the past. In other words, they sort of decided to move away from it, uh, you know, sort of uh, in, in the Trout era, didn't they? But yeah, it would have been nice to get a few more, I think. And you're always, I think, going to have a ratings spike with the Daleks as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're very aware of that, aren't they? I think that uh, they bring them in, they get a, a burst of publicity. I think the policy was to put it mid-season, wasn't it? Which is what Russell T. Davis mm-hmm. did with Series 1 when he brought it back. It was, mm-hmm. you know, we'll get the initial burst of publicity with a new Doctor, a new companion. Halfway through, bring the Daleks back. It'll, uh, you know, kind of give us a mid-season boost, so... What what Lex was doing all those years ago? 
Do you remember when Russell Davis did Series 4 and he was like, right, we're not going to do 1 to 3. We are not going to have a ratings decline. So we're going to do, <clears throat> we're going to start off with Catherine Tate coming in. We're going to have the Doctor's Daughter in the middle of the season because that'll bring people in. And then we're going to do like Stolen Earth and Journeys in at the end. And it works. They did the same thing here, didn't they? We're going to bring Sarah Jane Smith in at the beginning. We'll have the yeah. Daleks in the middle and we're right pertly out at the end. Yeah, that's it. Barry Letts and um, Rusty Davis, Kindred Spirits. Yeah, and uh, and you know, bring in uh, the way they brought Rose back as well. At the end of, of series four, they brought Mike Yates back at the end of series five. <laughs> the more you look at it, the more you see. Yeah. 